episode podcast review of CBS's action adventure series, MacGyver. I'm Patrick O'Reilly. And I'm Richard Wells. And today we'll be tackling Season 7, Episode 3, Obsessed. The original air date for this episode is September 30th, 1991. It was directed by William Garrity, and it was written by John Shepard. Why don't we describe this episode of Free? Uh, in this episode, MacGyver may be going insane. Yes. He keeps seeing visions of Murdoch out of the corner of his eye and in the area while he's trying to work security detail for a political trial that's about to begin. Right. Um, and we start the episode at his house? Yeah, at his new at his new apartment. Someone uh, breaks in, and we immediately see that it's Murdoch. Right. And he brings the axe up into a swinging position, and... Brings it down onto his head, but MacGyver dives out of the way. But it's all a dream. Yeah, Murdoch isn't really there. MacGyver's fine. There's no. It's there's interesting no... that even in his dream he can't be killed by Murdoch. Though. Yeah, <laughs> that's gotta be really frustrating yeah. even to Murdoch. Yeah. Are you uh, kidding me? This is a nightmare. I'm supposed to control this. Um. However, this might. I get the feeling because the phone rings immediately, and there's this laughter, of like you know Murdoch style laughter on yeah. the phone. So I have a feeling that this has actually probably been going on for a while, that yeah. Mur- Murdoch has been teasing him and taunting him and getting him getting into his he mind. Because when he hears the phone ring, then he thinks it's of Murdoch yeah. in his dream. Well, because um, the next scene is at the Phoenix Foundation where they're talking about MacGyver becoming increasingly agitated, um, having trouble sleeping. Yeah. Uh, so I think whatever this scene that we saw is one of many that have happened recently. Yeah. Um, where Murdoch has slowly been eating away at his mind, like, is he dead? Is he alive? Is he going to come get me? Uh, So P is looking over a report, and he's got, like, one of these um, screens that enlarges. It's like like an opaque... It's scrolling across font. Yeah. Yeah, it's actually... I actually had a teacher in uh, high school who had vision problems. Yeah. And so she... it's, It's just basically a camera that goes to a TV screen, and... The camera just enlarges whatever line you're on, yeah. And so you can like just read documents because it enlarges the print, yeah, insignificantly. Um, and Pete's also wearing like these like polarized kind of glasses. I, I'm assuming to help cut down on light, yeah, the distracting light that comes in. Uh, but uh, he's not completely blind, I don't think, at this point. Well, no, because he's reading something off of the computer. Yeah. Monitor. Uh, but uh. She, he's reading a report that was given to him by Cindy Finnegan, who's, I guess, the new Nikki Carpenter for this episode. Yeah, just for this one episode. Yeah. Played she, by Wendy Malick. She's, uh, she's, like, very much, very much wants to be in charge. She, she doesn't want MacGyver around. She thinks MacGyver's a liability. She thinks she's the best person who, who can handle the job. Um, and, uh, she also might be a spy sent down by the board to see if Pete can still do his job. Yeah. So, uh, of course, MacGyver enters and tries to defend himself since, and he brings up Murdoch. So everyone seems to feel that Murdoch is dead. Yeah. That a body washed up out of the mine shaft. So apparently there was a river at the bottom of the mine shaft, right. not a, a not mine. Not a hard, yeah, ground, yeah. Um, and that, uh, that his body, but MacGyver says, well, his body was barely a body. 
Yeah, there was just fragments. There wasn't anything identifiable. Um, and for some reason, even Pete's not on his side of this. Well, seemingly. Yeah. Um, we'll come to find out later that uh, that may not have been the case. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, MacGyver's in charge for the security detail for a political dictator, Pablo de la Sora, who's been, I guess, kidnapped by the American government. <laughs> Yeah. Much like former President Peugeot was by Abe and uh, yeah. Honest Abe. Uh, he's been brought to America to stand trial. Um, but uh, I guess they're worried either of an assassination or they're worried about someone trying to rescue him. Yeah. That they have an incredible amount of security for this guy. Yeah. Um, now, Pete is defending MacGyver's job, like saying, hey, look, MacGyver says he's got this in hand. I believe him. But MacGyver is willing to let Cindy Finnegan come with him and, and inspect his work. So They uh, made an agreement ahead of time that the press corps would not be a part of this. So mm-hmm. that it would minimize the security risks. But in his own defense, Pablo requested that yeah. the press be notified because he wants everything documented yeah. in terms of how he's being treated by the Americans. Um, there's a weird thing where it keeps cutting back between – really, really bad video quality and really, really bad film quality. Yeah. Like, the video is, like, very, like, it's really high frame rate, like, the fr- or the frame rates are off. Yeah. It just, like, it doesn't seem to have a natural movement when it moves. But when Cindy Finnegan and MacGyver arrive at the courthouse, I'm seeing, like, hairs on the film and, like, scratches. Like, yeah. Like, like the film was, was recovered. Yeah, and and they tried to put it back together into they a MacGyver episode. Shoot this, yeah. Um, and uh, so of course MacGyver's running through the detail with her at the courthouse, and that's when they see all the press right. standing. And MacGyver heads to his uh, the federal prosecutor who is in charge of the situation at the at the location, and he says, "Hey, there's nothing I can do." He he demanded there be press. Right. Um. Uh, uh, Strike introduces Maria, uh, sorry, Marietta Robles, uh, who is, I guess, a former member of that country, whatever yeah. country she's from. Um, she's played by uh, Margarita Franco, who plays the mother in all of the uh, Three Ninjas movies. Oh. Jessica. I have never seen a Three Ninjas movie. And uh, Bob Strike here is played by Don Galloway, who... Um, was previously the Air Force colonel in the Fraternity of Thieves right. episode. The one who didn't want MacGyver on the case. Right. Uh, yeah, she, Marietta is coordinating the evidence in the trial against De La Sora. Yeah. So a motorcade arrives, and uh, De La Sora exits, even though they just said that there was a fake motorcade and he was going to be arriving more discreetly. Yeah. This seemed to be the less discreet way of having him arrive. Yeah. So as De La Sora is being uh, de- uh, interviewed by the press, he's saying, I've been kidnapped by your government to stand trial on false a- charges. And that's when MacGyver notices one of the reporters. Yeah. It looks a lot like Murdoch. And then he look- takes a closer look at the camera that that person's using mm-hmm. and notices a barrel where the lens should be. Yeah, and it, uh, that he loads a dart into it yeah. and angles it towards De La Sora. And MacGyver yells and, ta- and like yells for him to get down. So the police grab him and knock him down. And we see the dart eject and get embedded into a sign. A, it's not just a sign, though. It's like though. a wood sign for the courthouse, right? It's not a wood sign. It's it's like a one of those brass 
like really? metal engraved in signs. <laughs> it's like I thought it was like a wooden sign. No, it gets like it's stuck in metal. And That's uh, weird. and uh, I guess that I guess that would do the trick or go or go through his throat. I feel like if it got stuck in a metal sign that there would have been some kind of an evidence left behind. Even if it was wood. Even if it was wood, yeah. yeah. MacGyver pushes through the crowd to try to get to Murdoch, and the man he tangles to the ground isn't Murdoch. It's some other random guy. He uh, got the wrong photographer, and presumably the one he thought he saw got away, mm-hmm. if he even saw it. He saw it. Because when Finnegan calls into Pete to tell him what happened, that there was no evidence of a dart, um, no, one saw, no one saw this Murdoch character, as MacGyver tries to describe him. Yeah. Um, and he stands around for a while afterwards interviewing people like, you didn't see him? He was standing right next to you. And then mm-hmm. people are like, I don't know what you're talking about, man. Sorry, man. So Pete now tells MacGyver that he needs to be low-key about this because they're being watched. The yeah. Phoenix Foundation is being watched by the government, um, and Pete specifically is being watched to see if he can still do his job. Yeah. And if MacGyver's rocking the boat this much, it's not going to look good for either of them. Yeah. I should mention also the actor playing... Pablo de la Sora is Gino Silva, who uh, people might recognize as the Skull from Scarface. Okay. Spoiler alert. The Skull is the character who finally kills Tony Montana. Oh, no. who sneaks into the house. He's also the one who, I think, throws... um, Throws... Is it F. Murray Abraham that he throws out of the helicopter to hang? Uh, I don't... I... I have an unfortunate confession. I've never seen Scarface. Really? Oh, wow. I like Brian De Palma, but I have never seen Scarface. That's another one we should watch then. After Hot, Hot Rod. Rod and Scarface double feature. The connections you make in your mind. <laughs> They're very similar movies, if you don't think about it. And, <laughs> and, that, and that they are both filmed. Yes. <laughs> um, so... Uh, uh, Pete believes that Finnegan is a spy, and so he needs uh, MacGyver to be a little bit more discreet. Yeah. Um, and he also tells MacGyver to go home. Like, get some rest. So at Mac's place, he's tinkering with the phone, uh, and he seems to be installing some kind of device on it. Yeah. And meanwhile, we're seeing Murdoch clearly building a pipe bomb. Yeah. So I guess this is just to tell the audience. No, he's around. He's around. Like... MacGyver isn't crazy, yeah. which I think they should have kept the MacGyver crazy thing a little bit yeah, further into the episode. We uh, also don't know for sure this is a pipe bomb. It just very closely resembles a pipe bomb. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he's being delicate with it, yeah. it's, but it's a very shiny pipe bomb. Yes. Uh, then MacGyver's phone rings, and he starts his little device. I thought he was recording the voice, yeah. which would have made the most sense. Yeah, I thought the point was that he was trying to get evidence so that he could prove that Murdoch yeah. was still around. But instead of recording Murdoch's voice, um, he has a little bit of a, a teasing moment. Murdoch was like, he's like, having trouble sleeping, MacGyver. <laughs> yeah. Um, but MacGyver has it on long enough where he can trace the number. Apparently, all you need is about 10 seconds to trace the number, not five minutes. Well, like, it's been a year since that episode, so this is a totally different situation. MacGyver's homebrew uh, phone tracer is faster than anyone else's. Also, I feel like if I were MacGyver, I would have turned my phone off weeks ago or mm. changed my number if Murdoch kept calling me. Or just record it. Just record him. 
That's all you got to do. So MacGyver is uh, working on his computer, and I guess he's able to use it, a tracking program to get to reverse look up the phone number. Yeah. Uh, so he drives Just out to... Murdoch Wellesley. <laughs> I don't know. Last or first name is a Mr. Doc, yeah, Murdoch side duck. Uh, so he drives out to this like ranch or warehouse, or it, it, I don't, I can't really tell where the location is supposed to be, but inside he finds a workbench with C4 and newspaper clippings about the Phoenix Foundation. It looks like the same C4 props that we just had uh, a couple weeks ago in the Trail of Tears episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, just plastic wrap things that say C4 yeah, stamped there, on it. Yeah, but it's like a, the same label on a green rectangular. I mean, maybe that's just what exactly what C4 looks like. Maybe there's not a lot of variation, mm-hmm. but it looks like they might have even reused the prop from last season. It seems like whenever I see four, see, see C4, <laughs> C4, <laughs> it's always in like a more of a brown wrapper. Oh, okay, yeah. Like, like this is the first time I've actually seen it in like like a plastic green. Yeah, our supplier usually has a brown wrapper. Yeah. You need a if you official need, podcast business. Yeah, sorry. You you won't you'll know when it happens. No. <laughs> oh, if you God. start your own podcast, you'll see why you need C4. <laughs> it comes in so useful. Anyway, uh one of uh there's also some photographs of people, uh De La Sora, Finnegan, and of course a close up of MacGyver, but then the most important picture is a picture of Marietta Robles with one of the uh, the darts stuck in her head yeah. in the picture. So MacGyver fe- figures that, that she must be the next target. And so he runs down the, or drives down to the courthouse and stops her before she gets into her car, suspecting that the car might be rigged to explode. Yeah. So when he checks underneath the car, sure enough, there's the pipe bomb. And now, now this should be all the evidence that they need. Yeah. Because there's a pipe bomb... Someone obviously is trying to get to these people. Yeah. Um, MacGyver discovered it. This should only look good for MacGyver and yeah. the Phoenix Foundation and for Pete. Yeah. Um, inside the pipe bomb, however, it's not a bomb. It's a chess piece. Yep. Which, Which MacGyver handles with his own hands instead of letting someone do a fingerprint mm-hmm. test on it. Which wouldn't matter because Murdoch wears gloves. Yeah. He also uh, probably doesn't have fingerprints. Uh, I would hope at this point that Murdoch does not have They've fingerprints. Been burned off so many times. So um, Mac believes that the chess piece was part of a, since it was a pawn, was part of a plan of Murdoch to lead him astray. Yeah. Uh, so at the Biltmore Hotel, which I thought was very, yeah, very the, the Biltmore from the Ghostbusters. Yeah, yeah. The, it's playing the, the Sedgwick Hotel in the movie, but it is the Biltmore Hotel. Yeah, I thought you would enjoy that little bit. I was very excited to see it. Um, a waiter moves a, a, a trolley, a food trolley, through the hallway, and uh, security actually checks it several times. But we see that the waiter, of course, is Murdoch. Yeah. And he walks right past Finnegan, who doesn't notice him because she's busy looking at her paperwork. Um. Um, and De La Sora immediately goes into a secondary room when he sees Murdoch bringing in the cart. Yeah. So right, even I or, I'm already suspecting that De La Sora is in on it because he seemed to very hastily get out of that room. Yeah. So MacGyver calls in to uh, strike and tells him Murdoch's in the building. He's going after De La Sora. You got to get him out. Yeah. And Strike immediately believes him. Yeah. He says like 
even though Finnegan's trying to convince him that MacGyver's crazy, he says, I have to treat every threat as it's as a real one. Yeah. So we don't have a choice. Get and then Dale. he tells Finnegan, get him out of the room. Get everybody out of this floor. Yeah. Um, and as soon as she walks out, a bomb goes off and just blows up the hallway. But she doesn't, she doesn't take the order very well. She's... She's like, are you serious? We're going to listen to this MacGyver guy. Mm-hmm. Have we accepted the fact that he's crazy and he doesn't know what he's talking about? And then the bomb goes off. Mm-hmm. Like, after after the strike says, look, we got to do what he says. Yeah. I'm not screwing around here. So the bomb goes off and we we get what appears to maybe be a hint of doubt in Finnegan's face, but it's not. Yeah. Because the next scene is Pete getting chewed out by the board on the phone and Finnegan still doesn't think Murdoch planted yeah. the bomb but at least other people agree with macgyver at this point yeah well that or that at least something's happening yeah because uh and they said that they went to check out the warehouse but there was nothing there which is meaningless because macgyver's got the pipe bomb someone put a thing underneath her robles's car yeah. uh they're, they're, but as far as they know he put it there it's they they're coming back to the the same situation with the the Rigels, where all the evidence that MacGyver has is stuff that he discovered himself. Yeah. And that he has no evidence that he didn't create. Uh, so, uh, Strike comes in, uh, and he says that the Phoenix Foundation is off the case. And Mac still wants to go after Murdoch. Yeah. Mac still wants to catch Murdoch, but Finnegan says, listen, Pete, you can't keep having this guy running around chasing after ghosts. It's making us look bad. At and the Billmore Hotel. Yeah. <laughs> you can't after ghosts. I ain't afraid of no ghost. Most of the original staff knows about the disturbances. <laughs> the original staff? <laughs> like, are they ghosts? Yes. <laughs> um, uh, so, Pete has to make the tough decision that's a, to not embarrass the Foundation anymore, and he fires MacGyver. Yeah. I mean, he's fired. Yep. Uh and uh, we now cut to Mac at his home, sitting very solemnly. And there's a knock at the door, and Pete arrives. And Pete's, like, being very cheerful. Yeah. He's like, hey, you would believe the cab driver I just had. He tried to yeah. rip me off, and I'm carrying a white cane. Um, like, I counted all the clicks yeah, all the way over here. I didn't know how much he was charging per click, so I just assumed he was ripping me off. Yeah. Uh, so... Uh, but MacGyver Friggin blurry people, they're all the same. <laughs> trying to rip me off. MacGyver knew that Pete's firing at least wasn't real. Yeah. Cause I mean all panels personnel. Uh and uh that Pete wants MacGyver to do his own investigation off the books. Because he believes that this also is very a Murdochy situation. Um what if it had been real and then MacGyver just killed Finnegan and started coming in dresses her every day? Would Pete know, <laughs> or would he just be like, "I know it's you, MacGyver, and you're probably better at this job than she was, so just keep coming in." What I thought was going to be happening with this episode, I thought Murdoch was going to be Finnegan. Oh, really? I thought he was going to take off a mask, uh, you know, like Lucky Charlie or whatever in that Jenny's Chance that. He Murdoch was gonna have been Finnegan the whole, this time, the whole time. Alec was was Murdoch. Um, but until until they crossed paths in yeah. the hallway, because that would have been so great with like Murdoch teasing him, and then obviously the person who's it, at the Phoenix Foundation. That would have been great. Yeah. New character we've never seen before. Yeah. It all fit. Um, 
But, but you may have seen Wendy Malick in many shows, such as Hot in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. She was Nina Van Horn on Just Shoot Me, which is probably what I know her best from. Yeah, yeah. And she was also on that recently canceled Russia Hour reboot TV show. Oh. And then she played herself on Lady Dynamite on an episode of that, the oh. Netflix show, Maria Bamford's show. It's super funny. I, I've heard of it, but never yeah. seen it. It's the Watch the first like few episodes. By the end of the third season, I was like, okay, I have to watch this the whole way to the end because <laughs> this is super funny. Uh, so, uh, De La Sora has been, according to Strike, has been moved to a military base that's been reappropriated as a secure facility. Yeah. For some reason, Pete says MacGyver should sneak onto the military base. Yeah. I don't know exactly how that would help catch Murdoch. Well, Uh, I think he he is just getting a, a sneaking suspicion that something is up with. De La Sora. This other opportunity to keep an eye on De La Sora, yeah. So as MacGyver gets close to the military base, he sees De La Sora walking around freely. Yeah. And people are actually saluting him. And in fact, there's announcements coming over the PA all in Spanish. Yeah. So clearly something is up up here. Um, uh, He's getting close to to making an attempt to get through, but that's when he sees a car arrive and Marietta Robles is pulled out of the car. Yeah. And she's in handcuffs. Yeah. Uh, she's being led away by some of the soldiers. So MacGyver gets up close to the fence and uh, finds a lone sentry out on patrol and right. gives him the old one punch and then steals his uniform. Um, we're getting constant updates about a missile test, a launching test. Yeah. Um, and finally they do a, uh, a countdown where they test the, uh, the Genesis takeoff boosters. Yeah. And uh, – which seems to go well because yeah. they say, all right, ready it for a real thing now. Yeah. So as Mac moves in closer, like he's, he's just kind of moving in and out of the, uh, the troops working on the machinery. Uh, Strike happens to see him working by the missile and calls over to him because he needs help with something. Um, but MacGyver doesn't respond. And so Strike then shouts again in Spanish. But MacGyver still doesn't react. Yeah. It seems like he would have given them like a wave, like you know, I gotta go over here or, or do this something else. Yeah. Acting like you don't understand what he's saying is very suspicious. Yeah. At least act like you're too busy to acknowledge him, or saying like or do something. Yeah. Do doing nothing is the worst thing you could have done. Yeah. So of course, Strike goes, "All right, this is weird," and pulls a gun on him. And when MacGyver turns around, he's like, "Ah, okay. Well, we just captured MacGyver. <laughs> How convenient." Uh, uh, so De La Sora is, uh, threatening Robles in, uh, De La Sora is, uh, harassing Robles, uh, about, and actually bringing up her mercenary revolutionary days where I guess she was like a Santina freedom fighter. Uh, but she's like gone, gone more of the demo- demo- democratic route yeah. at this point. And uh, we get Murdoch who enters oh, – we saw Murdoch earlier, but he's dressed in a full military general uniform uh, with patches and medals and all this stuff. Uh, it seems like he's just been rewarded with a title by this, by this dictator mm-hmm. basically in exchange for being the one person who could freak out MacGyver enough to cause Phoenix Foundation to lose this defense contract. Right. And uh, – which was like, you know, icing on the cake for Murdoch. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, when MacGyver's brought in, of course, like he sees Murdoch and they, they have a, a little bit of a banter. And uh, I actually liked um, 
uh, like Murdoch, like, how do you like my outfit? It's like a little early for Halloween, isn't it, Murdoch? Yeah. And Murdoch goes, yeah, punch him. <laughs> the guy really gets punched in the guts. <laughs> um, so uh, Murdoch apparently his on again, off again relationship with Hit uh, seems to be yeah. getting a little bit played out. But apparently Hit said he is too old now. Even though yeah. he just did all this stuff to get back into their good graces. Yeah. Uh, and they've had much older agents than him. Yeah. I mean, there were older people that were trying out for Hit back in the Halloween Nights episode. Right. And uh, the board is super old yeah. in that episode. So Murdoch is uh, looking to create a new life for himself as the general for a dictator. Right. Um, he, he's a big fan of this new delegation uh, opportunities. Um. So, uh, De La Sor orders a firing squad for MacGyver and Robles, and that's when Max says... Uh, Starts making fun of him. Yeah, you blew it again, didn't you, Murdoch? And Murdoch's like, what? Is that a joke? It's like... You're the joke. You can't kill me yourself. You have to have a firing squad kill me, because you're just not good enough to kill MacGyver. So Murdoch's like, eh, I really want to kill him now. <laughs> Uh, uh, can I please kill him a different way? A way that he could maybe escape can I from. Can an easily escapable kill for this guy? No. What? Whose side are you on? Uh, so Murdoch straps MacGyver down on the missile launching platform yes. where the jet-assisted takeoff will surely roast him. Yes. Uh, so, uh, of, and well, of course... no one waits around to Well, see. no one watches. No one, no one supervises this missile. Not even Murdoch wants to see his nemesis be fried by the Genesis to take off. So the missile is raised into a firing position, uh, and uh, Murdoch also has to casually retcon his uh, survival of the mine shaft, as is every writer's requirement. Yep. Um, so fulfilling he, the dare set by the writers of the previous Murdoch episode. So in this episode, he. Ended up in that underground river, got washed out, and uh, encountered a local fisherman who, Alexis, the fisherman didn't have much luck. I did. I did. <laughs> so he killed a fisherman and left very few remains yeah. at the bottom of this, at the mouth of the river that comes out of mm -hmm. the cave. And he also said that he knew it would fool everyone except, of course, MacGyver, yeah. who would never stop believing that Murdoch was alive. Don't stop believing. Hold on to that feeling. Murdoch's still alive. <laughs> yep. Uh, so uh, the missile itself is going to be aimed at the new government of this uh, whatever country this is supposed to be, San yeah. Pablo or whatever. Um, One of those made-up South yeah. American countries. But this missile's got some impressive range if yeah. it's gonna if it's gonna fly all that way. And the it looks like the missile that they have stock footage of in the air is the same as this one that's on yeah, this launch yeah, pad. Yeah, yeah, it's, so it's the same missile. If it's not, it's a decent prop match. Um, and so, uh, you know, once it flies, it's going to blow up the president. And then at the same time, uh, De La Sora's loyal troops are going to march in and yeah. mop up. Uh, so... They leave MacGyver with uh, three minutes and 38 seconds. I don't know why I made a note of that, but I did on the launch. And uh, he tries to loosen his grip, but uh, he can't quite get free. But he is able to, to loosen one of his boots yeah. and make an amazing throw and hit the brake handle on a trolley that has a whole bunch of liquid nitrogen carts. Right. 
Because apparently you need liquid nitrogen to fuel a rocket. Yeah. Um, and so the cart starts rolling towards MacGyver, thank goodness, but it gets stuck on the crack in the concrete yeah, and comes like to a, a chip st- in the sidewalk and the wheel falls into it. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's where we get the dramatic act break. Yeah. And then the other shoe comes off. Yep. <laughs> Looks like the shoe's on the other foot now. Eh. No. But he doesn't have any shoes on his feet. Uh, MacGyver is able to bring the shoe up closer to his hands where he can uh, undo the shoelaces a little bit. Yeah. Enough and he to, kind of uses it as a grappling hook yeah. to grab onto this nitrogen or the nitroglycerin cart and tug, well, it, it, tug it, it out. It's, it's liquid nitrogen. Or liquid nitrogen. Yeah. Um, but then as the tank hits him, one of the 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 cart hits him tips and points at him yeah like and he has this reaction of like, like oh, oh, oh God. <laughs> uh, like it's gonna explode yeah. or something or just start blasting nitrogen at him and just freeze him um right as he's getting cooked yeah it was, it was like oh man the worst of both worlds uh luckily the tank falls in such a way that it's aimed right at one of the ropes yeah and he can has perfect grip of the nozzle yeah. And so he freezes his rope, breaks free, and dives out of the way just before the launch. But before he gets out of the way, he shoves a big old tarp into the intake of the of the rock right. the, the the jet engine of this uh, yeah. missile. So that as soon as the takeoff engines are uh, finished and it start it goes into full flight mode and it starts using its air intake, that's when Yeah, that's this, when that will come into ship, play. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Robles is about to be shot and they hear the missile boosters take off and Murdoch figures, well, MacGyver's dead now. Yeah. And as the missile starts going up, they start hearing it struggling as the jet boosters break away. And, uh, all of a sudden the missile just explodes in the air. Yeah. It's weird how often Murdoch is sure that MacGyver's dead. Yeah. Compared to how certain that MacGyver is all the time that Murdoch is not dead. <laughs> so, of course, Murdoch goes, it must be MacGyver. He's still alive. Um, it was like, okay, well, we'll go deal with MacGyver. Or but... he climbed into the air intake valve. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why did you do that? Uh, but he still wants Robles to be shot first. Uh, and so as they're getting ready to take aim, a truck just comes up over this ridge yeah. and just full-on... He literally just has his arm out the driver's side window and just grabs her as they're driving by. Which would probably break her spine. Yeah. Um, And then they use the truck as uh, a shield as they drive away because they're being shot at. Yeah. Um, It'd be uh, funny if he's like, I gotcha, I gotcha. And then the mirror in front of him just just knocks her out. (laughs) She's just dead. Um. So uh, they want to make an escape, but Robles says, no, we can't escape yet. I need to get back to the radio. Yeah. Because even though the missile didn't go, there's still ground they still troops. sent ground troops to my nation, so I need to tell them to be prepared. So uh, uh, Murdoch realizes that, they, that they're probably going to want to warn them. But Strykus said, uh, listen, I want out of this situation. Yeah. I'm, I'm done with this. And, uh, this guy's an idiot. Yeah. And they said, oh, of course, we put your money in your car. Oh, great. So I don't even think he says we put the money in the car. He just said, like, we put your reward in the car or something like that. Yeah, your it's payment. Like, Come on. Yeah, payment. That's what he says. We put your payment in the car. And it's like, they're spelling this out for you. Why are you, why are you yeah. going back to that car? 
So Strike gets into the car, checks on his money, always aims the briefcase right towards him. I know. This is the the trap here could have gone wrong in so many ways. Mm-hmm. But uh, one of the piles of bills lifts up with a tiny little missile launcher on it yeah. and launches a dart into his neck. Yeah. But it takes so long. Like, it's like slowly tick, 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 bing. Yeah. <laughs> like, why didn't you get out of the way? Or just like turn the why briefcase don't you close slightly. The briefcase? As soon as you saw that, I would have closed the briefcase. Yeah. Your hands are still on the top of it. Whoops. Yeah. Why did somebody put a bunch of money in here? Why wasn't this just a bomb? <laughs> Maybe that was his payment. So but, but before I go, it's like I just like a briefcase full of money for a minute. I honestly just expected the car to explode as soon as he touched the handle. Yeah, because that's all that needed to happen. But no dart to the neck. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, De La Sora now uh, is on their like they're both on their way to go get to the command center uh, to get to the radio. Yeah. Now, the command center that just launched a missile is completely empty. Yeah, nobody's in there. Nobody's, nobody's maintaining, like, communications. Nobody, yeah. Nobody is, was watching the rocket to make sure that things went well. And yeah, no one's, no one's coordinating with the ground troops. Yeah. Before they can use the radio, De La Sora comes in with Murdoch. But uh, De La Sora says, well, I'm going to kill all you, and I'm probably going gonna to kill Murdoch now, too. Yeah. And uh, Murdoch, of course, is like, what? I thought that the, what the situation was going to be was that Murdoch and Guy were going to have to team up again. That's what I thought. That, and that's when I said last time that I, this, I wanted this to end a different way. Yeah. Was that I wanted this to be like, suddenly Murdoch is like, oh, oh, really? You're just going to toss me aside like that? Okay, well, then fine. Then I'm on the other team. Yeah. And, and watch what happens. It, it would have been a great opportunity to like, it was like, so MacGyver, you got a plan to get ahead of this one? <laughs> I think it would have been really funny if, if MacGyver could almost sit the thing out and Murdoch just killed bad guys for the next, like, ten minutes of the show. Yeah. Um, so Murdoch is led outside to be executed, and all we hear is the gunshots. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then MacGyver's like, uh, I, I got to go take care of Murdoch. Well, first they have to take out De La Soul. Yeah, they, yeah. Um, so... Uh, Matt grabs a spray bottle and does the um, uh, murderous sky spray the light bulb and blow it up trick. Yeah. And, uh, of course, that's enough to distract Delosaur for the one-punch knockout. Yeah. He's got two of them in this episode and so far. And she's like, where are you going? We have to communicate with my with my home country. And he's like, uh, first got to take care of Murdoch. And she's like, Murdoch's dead. I don't think so. No, I don't <laughs> think he's so. Sleeping. Of course, he finds the guard who was sent to execute him dead outside. Yeah. Um, and then he hears a car start up. Yeah, it's a it's and it's a you know it's an open jeep and Murdoch just starts taking off and MacGyver runs it down, grab, jumps onto the back. Murdoch throws him from the jeep yeah, once. He just swerves once hard and throws MacGyver off on the side of the road and then spins back around and like yeah. smiles and laughs at him. And then MacGyver now jumps onto the hood and Murdoch takes him for a ride and then slams on the brakes, which of course throws MacGyver forward. Yeah. Now, Murdoch takes a way back up to get a running start at ramming MacGyver. Yeah. Here's the problem. Yeah. Either way, there's a cliff on the other side of MacGyver. Yeah, so no matter what, this was the suicide. Yeah. So he revs his engine, gets, gets a running start. MacGyver, of course, jumps out of the way because he could very easily jump out of the way without the car having enough time 
to turn. Yeah. And Murdoch just drives off the cliff. Yeah. Doing his trademark MacGyver. And the car rolls a bunch of times and then explodes. Explodes. Uh, so I don't know what Murdoch's plan was. I don't get it. Um, but from here we just cut right back to MacGyver at home. Yeah. He's watching one of his westerns. And it says the end on the screen. Yeah. Like yeah. the whole thing has been a dream almost. Mm-hmm. Um, it cuts to static and uh, he wakes up as Pete is coming once again breaking into his apartment. Yeah. Pete. Uh, De La Sora's men never reach the capital, which, God, I hope so because this is like hours later. Yeah. Or <laughs> the next day. Who knows? Um, and De La Sora is still going to stand trial. Uh, they're just picking a different day. And I guess Finnegan apologized but never yeah. shows up to do so. Uh, Pete also has something very important but He's hesitant to tell MacGyver. Yeah. And MacGyver says... What? They never found the body. They didn't find the body. They didn't find Murdoch's body. But Pete says, the fire was very hot. It could have burned him up. Yeah. Um, just like that boiling water could have burned him up. Or that falling off a mountain could have shattered his body. Yeah. Um, MacGyver's phone rings once again. And once again, there's just maniacal laughter yeah. on the other end. Uh, I kind of thought it would have been... Just because this is Murdoch's last episode, yeah, I thought it might have been neat closure if it was just like, so I have something to tell you, MacGyver, and he's like, let me guess, they didn't find the body. And he's like, no, they did. They <laughs> found it this time. <laughs> they they did I'm find it. I'm so sorry for your loss. <laughs> <laughs> your nemesis is officially dead, and then MacGyver just bursts into tears. Yeah, and that's the end of the episode. No, no, you got to have Murdoch live on. Yeah, um, but we won't ever encounter him again. I think they had to end it that way because, you know, they didn't know for sure that this was the end of the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. But sadly, this will be the final episode of Murdoch. But at least we know he's still out there killing people. Yeah. He, he's still going to be causing trouble for people, other people other than MacGyver. Um, which would have been a great opportunity for a movie. But um, like, a, like, a, like the Jackal kind of style movie or Blown Away. Yeah. Like... That kind of like, I'm just one step behind him. I can get him. Is it, is it too late for that? For Richard Dean Anderson versus, versus Michael DeBar episode movie? Uh, yeah, it is. I, were, I were, they're it. Were, were they're both in their 60s? Yeah, I think that'd be awesome, actually. Uh, did I tell you about the, the spec series I wrote for the Middle-Aged Mutant Ninja Turtles? No. That was like, it was basically like all the turtles as like adults and their lives are a little bit boring now and they but there was there was um like a recurring segment that would be splinter and shredder at the same retirement home and like shredder has alzheimer's and splinter's totally deaf and it's just like they have like a, a tom and jerry type of relationship in the yeah, old yeah. folks home where they're always like setting traps for each other but then neither one of them can really do anything yeah 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 but uh, it could it could have been like that they could they could still do a tv movie with rda and MDB. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to happen. No, but uh, sadly, it will not happen. But uh, but this is a good Murdoch episode. Yeah. I, I really like – I really wish they would have driven home more of the MacGyver insanity. Like carried that on at least until the third act. Yeah. Like maybe MacGyver is having a breakdown. Yeah. I mean I think for the audience, we would, we would never suspect MacGyver of having a breakdown. But – 
have it be a little bit more – and even Pete could still be on his side. Yeah. Pete could still be like, I, I think you're right. I think this could be a Murdoch situation. I trust your instincts. Um, but the fact that we get too many reveals of Murdoch actually being alive. Yeah. Um, uh, because I think it would have been a great – like had he recorded his voice, but Murdoch was using some kind of scrambler. Yeah. So like when he tried to record it, it just came up as garbage. Uh, uh, or if he if he recorded the voice and he's like, listen, that's Murdoch's laugh, and he's like, yeah, it's Murdoch's laugh from this case video that we have. Like, yeah, this yeah. Is a, this, is a, this is an old laugh from before the last time you killed him. The, the the last uh, the recorded message that they ever got from him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot of opportunities that they could have they could have like made this episode a lot more more fun. It's still a good episode, but um, you know. Uh, the the De La Sora subplot uh, isn't all that interesting. Yeah. Because it's just dictator wants to take back his country. I do think it's a it's an interesting way to bring back Murdoch, though, to be like, oh, well, there's like a criminal that's trying to get out of prison and he hired Murdoch to make MacGyver crazy so that they lose a contract so that he can break out. Yeah. But yeah, I, I like this episode. Mm-hmm. I, and I still think it would have been... A little bit more fun to just have our last bit with Murdoch be like Murdoch suddenly just going crazy and killing all these people because they turned on him. They turned on him, or uh, or, or even taking a bullet for MacGyver. Yeah, or 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 yeah, like or realizing that MacGyver now he has to help MacGyver. MacGyver has to help him escape yeah. De La Sora. Yeah. Uh, any one of those things could have been great, but still not bad. Yeah. A good note to go out on for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's it about it for this one. Yeah. Uh, if you guys have any thoughts you want to share with us on Obsessed, you can find us on Twitter at Opening Gambit. You can find us at Facebook.com slash Phoenix Foundation Podcast or our website, PhoenixFoundationPodcast.com. And if you're digging the show, feel free to review us on iTunes. Tune in next week. We're going to be covering Season 7, Episode 4, The Prometheus Syndrome. Dun-dun. Thank you for listening. Thanks. Thank you.